Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast uh, with Kathy. That's me. <laughs> uh, if you haven't followed me yet on Instagram or Twitter, make sure to follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you want to be on the show, you're definitely going to want to follow me on Instagram because you could DM me there if you want to be on the show. I've been always saying, oh, to be on the show, email me at strict, Strictly Anonymous Podcast at gmail.com. Or you could go to my website, Strictly Anonymous Podcast.com and click on be on the show. But I also forget to say, like, just go to fucking Instagram, follow me, and then send me a DM. Tell me a little bit about your story. Uh, and if I think it's good for the show, I'll send you a link and you could be on the show. This is a call-in show where uh, everybody re- remains anonymous. So if you have like a hot, interesting, secret life that you want to talk about, you could be on the show. Go follow me on Instagram, send me a DM. Or you could also call my anonymous hotline. That's another good way of being on the show because you're going to leave a little confession there. And if I think that you got a good story and maybe it needs to be more than a little confession, I will send you a link to be on the show as well. But if you, even if you don't have a long story, but just have a quick confession, you could also call that hotline. My, this intro sucks, but I'm going to keep it. Okay. Cause I don't have time to tape another one. Um, the confessions hotline is three, four, seven, Four two zero three five seven nine. That's three four seven four two zero three five seven nine. So anyway, today I have on Frank. Frank emailed me, uh, and he had a lot of interesting things in his email. I mean, he's into BDSM. He's into pegging and dildos in his ass. He's been to like lady boys and played around with all that. And he, you know had some experience with MDMA uh, that brought up some stuff that he did that led him to, you know, other kinds of healing practices, aka somatic healing. I don't know. I'm not explaining it correctly, but it was like super interesting when I saw in the email, I'm like, I have to get this guy to call in because I believe so much in therapy, you know, but I think that there's a lot of different kinds of therapies that are available nowadays for people um, and they're promising, you know, and I don't know much about them, but he does. We talk about the somatic healing that he has gotten into more towards the end after we get talk about all his like sex stories and stuff, we get into those kinds of therapies that he's been into. And it was super interesting. Uh, but before that, we do talk about how he got into prostate massages and seeing doms and when he met his first lady boy and what he did with her and, you know, what he did with this one girlfriend that they did MDMA and all the things he shoved in his ass and the stuff that they did together and the hot experience he had, as well as what happened between them because of that night um, and all their experimentation. He is, like I said, into BDSM. He's gotten into it a little bit. He's He'd like to get into it more. He's into the whole Fendom community. He does like to dress up a bit. We touch on that a little bit. We have a second episode that we taped where he gets a lot more into his cross-dressing fetish. Let's call it a fetish because cross-dressing is a fetish, right? I don't know. (laughs) But anyway, if you want to hear his part two, that's on my Patreon. You could join my Patreon, patreon.com slash Strictly Anonymous podcast. You get extra content there. But in this episode, we talk more about all the other stuff that he's into, as well as, like I said, towards the end, we discuss the somatic healing that he's gotten into that is a a real helpful, quick way to heal really deep trauma, the kind of subconscious stuff that we all want to get rid of that's ruling our fucking lives. (laughs) He gives a shout out to a woman that you could Google and find to get help if you're into somatic healing. Uh, Like I said, he goes through it pretty fast at the end because he had to go. We talk more about it on the second episode, um, his part two, but it's super fascinating. He's super fascinating. He's a real curious guy and he's tried a lot of different things and he talked all about it. So I'm going to be right back on with Frank. Hi, Frank. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you today? I'm good, Kathy. How are you? Good, Frank. So you had emailed me and you've done some interesting things, sexually speaking. And then you've (laughs) done some like uh, 
What is it called? The psychedelic treatment that you had that you did that helped you work through things? What was the name? Well, there's a there, there's a whole bunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's there's cool. somatic stuff. Yeah, yeah there's... I mean, I've I've done a lot of um, exploring with psychedelics and plant medicine, as some people call them. So yeah. I've tried a whole bunch of different things and then weaved it in with all the somatic stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I love, and that's what I, look. I'm so I'm so like. Uh, what is it called unprofessional or a clueless that I don't even know how to even ask you what you're talking about but you're that's why but I think it's interesting because it is something that everybody is doing now and it does kind of turn like tie into your sexuality and things that you you've done right and we'll get into that as we speak but let's start off with like all the stuff that you've done I know that you're into you've well, you've done some BDSM, you've gone to some doms, you've, you're very into toys like pegging and dildos. I know you've cross-dressed, like all that kind of good stuff. So like, when did you start really exploring all these different things that you're into? Well, it all started with a, I think it was a rim job. Um, oh, really? <laughs> it all started. Wait, wait, wait. That's like, no, I'm sorry, but that's like the perfect, uh, like, like if you were to write a book about padding, pegging or something, <laughs> like the first sentence, it all started with a rim job. Wouldn't that be like a great bedtime story set in the beginning? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start of an article or a headline. Yeah. It all started. Yeah. It all started with a rim job. <laughs> okay. Go on. In Thailand. Oh, so oh even better. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Okay, tell me the story. Uh, and so I'd never been with a woman who had ever done that to me. And as soon as she did it, I was like, oh, that actually, that's a bit weird, but it feels like really good too. Mm-hmm. So that's <clears throat> that started me, my curiosity about anything to do with the ass. And then that, I think after that, I must have been searching online and obviously you eventually realize there's a, you know, the prostate's in there at the male G spot. And then I found out there's something called a prostate massage. I don't remember the, how it exactly <clears throat> happened or what I looked up, but found out there was an equal to prostate massage, found out there was women out there or people out there who could give me one. And so found one in still in Thailand who, um, could do it. And so we met up and, you know, she gave me a massage, which finished with a prostate massage, which kind of took the rim job to a, a whole other level. Yeah. I mean, I think at the time she actually, she worked as a dominatrix, mm-hmm. um, not, she didn't dom me in that session. That was just a prostate massage, which she said, well, you know, like if you're ever interested in going, you know, exploring it or come to Bangkok and, um, you know, we could, we could do something together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd never even, that was sort of my, like, I'd never really been exposed to BDSM or the world of domination and submission. I just never... I didn't know anything about it. I didn't really get it. I hadn't read anything about it. I didn't know anyone who was into it. So for me at that stage, it was just like, this feels good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, feels kind of naughty. Like, it's like, I'm like, it's like, I sort of got that taboo feeling of, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, what are people going to think? Which then just, you know, makes it even sexier and makes it feel even better. So, yeah. But wait, so just for people that don't know what a, what a prostate massage is and what it exactly is a prostate massage. Well, the prostate's like uh, it's a you know it's a bit like with women, you know, the G spot. There's like yeah. a little almond shaped mm-hmm. thing, you know, in the vagina. It's on the inside, on the upper wall, and the men's ass. It's sort of the same thing, but just in the ass instead. Yeah. Um, similar location though. It's like one or two knuckles in. If you're mm-hmm. lying on your back, it's you know on the upper wall. Um, and so I yeah, I mean, there's like it's just like with any kind of massage, there's a wide variety of quality in terms of prostate massages. So what? one person does for a prostate massage might be very different to what someone else does. But yeah, yeah. It basically revolves around pressure or massaging the prostate with thing, with anything, fingers, mm-hmm. toys, um, penises, like whatever. I mean, this is something I'm still, cause I've been, um, exploring even, even now, um, I've been exploring this a lot where like how to have a prostate orgasm. Yeah. So far, I don't, think of I mean, I haven't really like just a hands free so there's no penis stimulation just purely from the prostate which I haven't cracked yet I feel like I've gotten close to a few times but so then oh. that ties into mm-hmm. if if I'm not um hard at all it can be it can sort of be a bit it's sort of like it swells a little bit like mm-hmm. if I'm like really turned on it'll be a bit easy to find and it's going to feel a bit better to touch it right if I'm not turned on at all it can be a bit 
you know, it's either not there or it just doesn't feel that great. So interesting. Uh huh. Yeah, and that, that's I guess part of what I've been learning is I've been just playing with different things to see what you know what works versus what doesn't work. So after that first prostate massage, did you start you know giving yourself prostate massages with all kinds of things that you found in your house? Oh, I think so. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't, again, I don't know the exact order, but you know, I remember. I think I did a few cucumbers, mm-hmm. had a shaving cream bottle. Um, that was a good sign. Plenty of fingers as well, so I would see what that's like. Um, so yeah, it was sort of like that for a while, just trying different uh, different things. I don't think I had any like actual toys, just because there weren't any uh, sex shops nearby, and I don't know, I didn't buy any online. Mm-hmm. So did that for a while and eventually it starts to go well i think what happened at some point after that i went and the lady who gave me a prostate massage i don't think she was there at the time but she had a massage shop mm-hmm. where well, i wouldn't really say they were like pro doms it was more like sensual domination you know like i don't think they'd really been trained too deeply in bdsm but like the way it worked i'd go in there and they'd give me a list of all the different things you can do in bdsm it's just like all right now just write down everything that you're interested in Pick pick a couple of the girls and go upstairs and um, do that. So I did that, and I think it was two hours or three hours or something with two girls. And it, I mean, it was like really, really light domination. I, mean, I think I was blindfolded, they had pegs on my nipples, and then they were um, basically playing with my ass the whole time with the dildo. Um, probably other stuff happened, but it was just like that. It wasn't. Yeah, it was kind of very light, sensual domination, the way, like, not wasn't very full on. So it's just this progression, you know? It's like mm-hmm. I get more each, each step. I'm like, well, this is kind of good. Like, what happens if I go another few steps? What's going to happen there? Oh, and okay. Then, so that's how you, know. you roll. You're, you, you, you dip your foot in, and then you go a little bit in, a little bit more. So, I mean, you started out that first time when they said write down everything that you like i mean you weren't putting down in there that you wanted to be whipped and all that stuff but is that eventually you went hardcore into bdsm well i don't think i've been like um because they talk about you've got i mean i don't know all the words for it but yeah, yeah. there's the bdsm of like where it's like pain and um it's a cold um like discipline like mm-hmm. you're getting tied up you're getting spanked it's a lot about pain uh i, I mean i haven't gone really that far into that side of bdsm yeah i i mean i don't know i'm pretty i tend to be pretty open to, to things where i'm like i'd try it uh, mm-hmm. and see what it did for me but i think i'm more interested in probably more than the physical stuff is the more the psychological aspect of it which right. i think is you know it's obviously that's always at play um, totally but i think from there like i think from there uh after that time uh with those with those two girls in bangkok then it was uh a lady boy female transgender woman uh, or, you know, because eventually it's like, well, I now know what a toy feels like. I know what a cucumber feels like. I know what a finger feels like. What does the real thing feel like? You know, oh. Is that better? Oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting. So, th- um, so, but now that you've put all that stuff in your ass, you were like, oh, what does the real thing feel like? And you're in Bangkok yeah. still. So it's not hard to find a lady boy, right? Isn't that known for that there? No. Oh, there's, yeah, there's plenty. It's, it's all over Thailand. So no, it was not very hard to find at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like one in Rome, one in Bangkok, one in yeah, Thailand, right? Exactly, one in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. so, um, so what happened there? Well, I mean, I, I think I found her on Craigslist. We chatted a little bit. I uh, invited her out to my hotel. When I went to meet her in the elevator, I was like having a panic attack. I was so nervous. Oh, really? And so, <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just, I don't know why, I just scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was so, like, curious and so wanted to do it. Um, so I remember that, and then, you know, she comes in, and we, I can't really remember that much of it. I remember being, just feeling really, really activated, really nervous about the whole thing, and then we, we may have had a shower together, and then we had sex. She fucked me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably, I don't know if I would have been that much fun just because I would have been probably very stiff and um, <laughs> right. not in a good way, like like just, just awkward and just feeling very uncomfortable, you know, so I probably wasn't the best host, uh-huh. but, um, were you but two, I did it, you know. Were you two in your head? You know, why I were look, you? I don't know. Or was it not good? Uh, Is that why? No, it wasn't that. I, I don't know what it was. I just, it, 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 I mean, I grew up in a very 
religious family. Uh-huh. So I went to church, and I think uh-huh. there's a bunch of sexual programming that um, probably came from that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, <clears throat> running in from both you know mom and dad's side of the family, just a lot of shame and all that around sex. And so um, I wonder if it was tied into all of that stuff. Um, so it wasn't really about. I mean, the sex wasn't. Um, it was good. I mean, it was pretty erotic. Definitely mm-hmm. very, very erotic to to do it. Um, sometimes I found, like, even exploring a lot of these things, the fantasies can sometimes be a lot harder than the reality. Or I go and do, you know, I go and live it out. Like, this is, this was good, but like, it's not, it's not as good as the fantasy. So totally. like, that's been a yeah. learning of seeing seeing that whole thing. Yeah. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. And that can be the case. You know, you don't know until you try it. But, you yeah. know, and but I think that a lot of people wouldn't think that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I do wonder if it's just that there's a lack of experience. And so I feel quite uncomfortable doing it in reality, whereas mm-hmm. what I'm just doing it in my head, like fantasizing, none of the awkwardness is there. So yeah. maybe if there was more time to work through that, the reality would actually become just as enjoyable, if not more than the fantasy. But right. I haven't done it so much that like it's completely, I'm completely at ease with it. Right. Okay. Maybe Mm -hmm. one day in the future. So you didn't do it again or you did do it again? Yeah, I did it a bunch of times. Like I, I, (laughs) yeah, not quickly. Like it seems like I'd do it and then I'd get something out of my system and then I wouldn't need to do it again for a year. So, you know, like a year would go by and then I'd start to get all, um, horny again because not even just horny it's like more like this desire for like a thrill or this desire to just do something crazy so then I would go and um, do it again find someone and like a lady boy and just uh, in Thailand for a while um, and then I'd do it again um, and then like I think it was one time when like I also topped a few times mm-hmm. I tried sort of both um, depending on it sort of just depends on the how, how it flowed at the time oh interesting um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's much more how I naturally roll. I think like it's it's almost like it's it's like takes an effort for me to 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 relax and try and be submissive. It's so easy for me to like step in and lead. Oh, <laughs> so, it's, that's interesting because this whole time, <clears throat> as you've been telling me these stories, I'm thinking you're the sub and you're very submissive because you know. And I just assumed that when you're with the lady boy, you took the role as the submissive but no maybe when you're with the lady boy because she's the girl you're the guy i just assumed you were top but you because you wanted stuff in your ass right so you were bottomed in that situation right with the lady boy yeah usually that's what i was looking for was was and i wanted to and i wanted to be submissive in these situations and i like you know with my interest in bdsm is i'm more interested in being submissive at the moment but like if i talk about like naturally just how i'm wide like if i'm with a woman yeah um if there's like a power vacuum like she's not stepping up she's not she doesn't have the the she has doesn't want to or doesn't know how to like lead mm-hmm. uh, energetically you know I, i'll just naturally fall into that role like it's not even just with it's just with life um and so it's been like a learning process to kind of like uh, you know i need to create space for people not everyone can do it either like i've been with like like i think it was one dog it was back at that central domination place and like mm-hmm. she just didn't get it there might be like it's like they they don't like there's a difference between some people really know how to hold the power and some people don't yeah and then if they don't it's like there really is a skill to it and if they don't it can be easy for me to then say something or do something to fall into it if i'm not careful and so that's yeah that's been a whole process of learning it's not just with lady boys it's just it's with life 
Right, because you're such a dom yourself is what you're saying, that if someone isn't really experienced and stays in that role and that character, <laughs> you will switch into it and take over. So that must be unenjoyable. I would assume that that's unenjoyable because what somebody like you really needs and probably what, you know, having that experience be enjoyable would be that you could submit fully the whole time. You know, that is probably top of the mountain for somebody like you. So you just need a better dom, right? Don't you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like as I get more experience, like um, whether it's with all, like online, I've had a few different things on, happen online or mm -hmm. you know, like in person. Like you say, yeah, you start to get a better feel for like when someone's good at, mm -hmm. at say, doming, like, like it's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. This is like, oh, you just get it. I don't need to say anything. Like they're comfortable. Like it's fantastic. And if they're not, it's also really obvious. Like this is, this is not really, well, you don't really get it. Like, yeah. Um, like they think just cause I'm going to, you know, just cause they call themselves a dom and they tell me to call the mistress, like they, like it's going to work, but it's like, they don't, you know, it's they don't not that simple. Yeah, it maybe it is with like a dum dum, you know. <laughs> I mean, everyone's different, right? So I think sometimes yeah. you could pull the wool over some people's eyes and that some people true. not, you know. I mean, I, listen, I think it's like anything. I don't care if you're going to get your hair cut or you're going to get whipped or you're going to the doctor to get heart <laughs> surgery. 89% of the people out there can't do their fucking job, okay? And about 11% can. So I think it's That's no true. different in every area of life and you're here to say it's the same thing probably in that area right why would it be any different probably a lot of them That's just true. are really good but you when you find the ones that are you know it's the top 10 percent, 11 percent, whatever i think that you need you know because you really want to escape that's what it's all about yeah exactly exactly so now for, you sound young how old are you now and have you ever been married or 32 years old never been married Currently single. Okay, so now, how, did you ever get into this kind of stuff with any girlfriends? Were you dating anybody when you started to get into this stuff? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, so, you know, I was in Thailand for a long time. And, uh, I mean, a lot of this stuff started, like the rim job, the doms, the ladyboys. That started before when I was single. Yeah. Um, then I met someone, uh, what, like I met a girl there and started dating and we had a uh we did a mdma one i think the first time we did mdma together i don't know i don't know if this happens to everyone but it was just the most probably sexual nights of my life with the whole night we're just like trying all kinds of stuff but one thing in that was sticking all kinds of stuff in my butt because um, <laughs> i think the mdma it can make you very um just open and honest yeah. and you just feel this, you know, amazing sense of love. And so it's like, it's, you know, it feels safe to just say, Oh, I just want to try this. I want to do that. Like, yeah. can you like get the shaving cream bottle and like, let's just sit in the bath ass. and you can just like, <laughs> and she's like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Whatever you need. Yeah. You know, it's like, this, <laughs> it's like, there's no awkwardness. It just gets rid of all of it. You know? Yeah. But wait, I um, want you before you get into the whole story. Cause I want to hear about that night specifically. I want you to get into details, but like explain to people, who might not know what is MDMA? Is it ecstasy? Is it different than ecstasy? It sounds like ecstasy, but what is it exactly? Yeah. Well, usually MD so MDMA is the chemical compound. I can't remember what the um the actual sun. Yeah. But whatever it is, yeah. So chemical so MDMA is the chemical compound. Ecstasy usually refers to the pills that you get like at a music fair, like it's those yeah. um, pills you get at a music festival, and mm -hmm. they uh they, they will usually have some mdma in there but depending on how like who's made them yeah they can be cut with all kinds of stuff whether yeah. it's you know, from like just other drugs like ice or uh, speed or coke or something like that to you know fucking just like really really bad shit that it's not really good for you at all so yeah so ecstasy you'll still get some mdma i think that's what we had they were just it was really really good um ecstasy. you can also get like just pure mdma which is amazing too um 
depending on where you get it from. So Yeah, because I feel like MDMA is like a new thing that I, I hear about. You know, I'm way older than you, so when I was growing up, it was ecstasy. Ecstasy was that thing that, like you said, you would just you just yeah. get high on it, and it just makes you feel like all this kind of love and openness, you know? Um, I had, like, yeah. friends that just went around passing around flowers to everyone and, like, it's fucking everyone one night. You know, it's just, like, that kind of a same kind of vibe. <laughs> and then all of a sudden nowadays, you know, I'm, like, not in that scene anymore, but I hear a lot about MDMA, you know, and it sounds very yeah. similar, but I guess it's just, like, it's more pure or it's just rebranded ecstasy. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's more... It's just a wide range. It's like yeah. you, could, you could have pure MDMA. So whatever you're taking is 100% MDMA. It's going to be very, very clean, less of a hangover afterwards. Right. Um, you know, whereas the more you get away from that to where it's like 60% MDMA and it's mixed with speed or it's mixed with caffeine or it's Right, that makes sense. Uh -huh. All kinds of random things. Yeah, it's going to change the trip, which in some ways might be good. Like you can get ecstasy that's very chargy, you know, which would be very yeah. good for a music festival. So there's... There's just different types, different ways it can be made. Mm -hmm. Some are great and some are not so great. So this MDMA... So it's that similar you... to what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, I think this is why I'm asking you because I think it's it's interesting. I mean, I'm asking because I yeah, don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I always feel like if I don't know, there's a lot of people listening that that, that don't know too. And it's not just for clarifying for your story. I'm kind of curious. You know, that was like the part of your yeah. email that I was like, oh, I want to talk about this psychedelic stuff too. And you have a lot of somatic things that you're going to talk about that you were into. But, you know, it's 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 interesting to me because like I said, I don't I don't know really the definition I think that I know but like when you explain it it's much clearer so now you're on MDMA with your girl that night and you say like you know you guys just have this like amazing experience and so what did you guys do what did we do what did I you mean... not do as well as you did everything I mean like you said, <laughs> I mean was it like the first night you met how far into your relationship no, I mean, was... maybe like maybe maybe like five months five six months in okay cool um she used to just, you know, take MDMA at home mm -hmm. every now and then on her own. And she, I thought that was crazy. Why would you ever do it on a, that's a party thing? That's a bit weird. But she's like, no, no, you got to try it. Like one night we're going to get some and we're just going to stay in the apartment, take MDMA, and you're going to see how amazing this thing is. Right. And so, so that's what we did. We, we got the MDMA. We had some, there was some weed as well, which came out later in the night. Uh, we, you know, we took it probably took, you know, it depends on the time, but it could take like half an hour, an hour to kick in. Um, they may have had like top ups as far as what we did though. Yeah, a lot of it was about the music, which is you know, it's like just pumping dance music, basically trap music. Uh -huh. And when you start that up with like MDMA, like it, it's it's like an orgasm, it can be very, very sexual. She actually taught me this thing, yeah, which she's like, What you can do is when you take MDMA and then listen to this music. So, we listen to lots of trap music, mm -hmm. um, which is quite big right now, and uh. And she's like fantasize, like as as the drops as going through the song, as the drops building up, and then the drop hits, and like imagine yourself fantasize about whatever you want. It can be very sexual, yeah. Which is that's where my mind usually went. I'd be getting very, 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 very sexual with it. You can just have this fantasy that's the most amazing fantasy in the world because you can change it every second, and it doesn't it feels great. Mm -hmm. And then it syncs up with the music, and then when the music hits, it can really feel like a. There's a very sexual feeling that comes in the body. Like there was a way to almost create it and ride that and then sync it up with the music, which we, we did a bit that night. Yeah. Um, we did it a lot more later on was when I started to click for me, but that's just relevant just because it's still a sexual thing. But that night was, yeah, a lot of it was music. A lot of it was just being naked. And um, I think we were like in and out of the bath all night playing with different like, you know, shaving cream bottles in the ass. Yeah. Could I just ask you a quick question about that? Like you're taking a shit because you know, you're taking a shaving cream. Is it, are you taking the top part and shoving it in or the bottom? Like there's no way no, you're putting no, the top no, no, part no, no. in, right? I mean, this is a very, this is a very thin shaving cream thing. It's okay. not a big one that you would but like still, buy. Cause it's you're a, like so like... high on drugs. I'm hoping that you're not so high that you're like not putting the wrong end in there because you don't want shaving cream inside your ass. Right. So you're putting the, uh, the no, end well, without this, this pusher right inside. Yeah, well, I know. Looking back now, knowing what I know now, I probably wouldn't do it now because th there's no flared base on it. So it would have been very easy to get stuck. For it to get stuck, and yeah. I didn't think about that. It didn't yeah, yeah. get stuck. I mean, I never had that happen. But um, yeah, that's you know. 
yeah we didn't didn't uh didn't do that properly but thankfully we were safe <laughs> yeah thankfully you didn't put the side in though that you're pushing down in there so so you're just shoving things in your ass like was she doing it to herself too was she a three input girl uh well i think she was she was more doing it to me right um, uh-huh i mean we were doing it to each other i don't know if i don't know if she was as into the ass stuff as i was yeah um but, but yeah, she was doing she was doing it to me. Uh, we were, I mean, we were playing with each other all night. Right. Uh, we just, like we tried to trying to fist each other. Like, how many fingers can we get? It was just like like kids. <laughs> like, how, you know, how many yeah. fingers can we get in? Like, yeah. how many could yeah, you get great. in? You just kept... I don't think either of us got the whole fist in. Uh huh. Either of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we probably got four fingers. It's pretty close. Right. Um. You know so. Yeah, there's lots of that kind of stuff. Massages and rubbing oil in and just just being like just being as sexual as possible. Now, when you, how do you feel that like do you guys wake up the next day and does she give you a side eye like what the fuck did we just do or is she like you know, just totally down with what happened? Cuz listen, a lot of times, you know, guys won't cop to the fact that they you know, want to dildo up their ass or whatever because they're worried that maybe their girl will think they're gay, quote unquote. You know, I mean, there's all the stigma attached to ass play when it comes to guys for some reason, you know, which I never get because I'm a three input girl. I'm always like if guys would just be more open to it. It has such a stigma attached that I think a lot of guys just won't go there because of that. And they don't understand that it's like really great, you know, and pleasurable. There's a lot of nerve endings in there. And if you could just relax and enjoy it, you could. So I'm just wondering if like the next day was your girl like, what the fuck? (laughs) Or was she cool? I mean, she's probably super open minded. but I'm just wondering. Well, it was a bit of a back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. like there was, um, she, I think she, she definitely had those fears of like, well, yeah. if you want all this stuff in your butt, and like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you're gay, like, are you sure you don't want to be with a dude? And, you know, she had her own insecurities that, you know, you know, it's a, what happens in a relationship. It's like everything gets triggered. So then she's starting to feel all her own insecurity come up because it's like, well, I'm not enough. Because I don't have a dick, and my boyfriend clearly wants to have a dick, or at least some kind of dick-shaped thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was a lot of that, but there was she. She really did. Got to give her credit. She made a lot of effort to, you know, like one night she turned up at the house, knocked on my door in this big trench coat. You know, I guess aiming to look like a dominatrix, and she walks in, and she's, she's all. She's really just trying to be a dominatrix, and she opens the trench coat, and she's wearing the strap on, and you know she's like all in black um spiky sort of spot like black shoes with like spiky silver things on them then she fucked me with the strap on it's like she bent me over and fucked me with the strap on so like she really did make an effort uh-huh. um i think it you know as the relationship wore on i think it became a bit of a she probably couldn't fully get past it it wasn't the reason we broke up certainly not the primary one um oh, but that's uh, interesting. I, I don't think she was fully comfortable with it in the end yeah, interesting. I don't know why I thought, oh, she would be down. And I was just like grasping for straws by asking that question. I just thought because she's like taking MDMA at her house. And she's so like, she's like a free spirit that just be down for anything. But at the end of the day, it did turn out that, you know, it kind of was like opening up Pandora's box for her. It was like, maybe she didn't, it was too much TMI or something. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't totally the reason why you broke up, but it was something that didn't sit well with her. No, well, I think she, it is a bit of a long story. Like she could have been, she was sort of on the fence. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think either either of us had very good tools for working through this. We weren't, you know, we weren't going to munches or, you know, in the BDSM world. Like we didn't have BDSM friends. So we couldn't ask them, look, we're sort of trying to sort this out. Like, what do we do? Yeah. Um, so we're a bit sort of, you know, there's all kinds of different things online. But we ended up meeting some people some coaches that we both you know worked with life coaches um and they were of the opinion that the whole like all of this stuff um sexual stuff was dark and evil and you know they're really lots and lots of shame around it um because we told them about about some of the stuff we were doing so there's a lot of that and so like i think i ended up throwing out a whole bunch of stuff toys other things um it's like, oh, I, I, I guess I was like, oh, maybe they're right. Let's just get rid of it and we'll see what happens. See if that uh-huh. fixes some things. Um, 
but I was probably always a bit on the fence. Like I'm a bit of a skeptic, you know, like if someone can't give me a really good reason why like some things like, you know, it's wrong. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really stick. Whereas my girlfriend at the time, she was a bit more naive and gullible and um, not much of a critical thinker. Yeah. And so I think cause she was already on the fence with this stuff, like could have gone either way. Once she, um, once she started working with them, then they got their teeth into it. These people were fucked, you know, really fucked up. Um, well, here you go to back to my uh, 89% garbage out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when you get garbage, I'm, yeah. you know, when you get garbage in that world, it's really bad. Like, I mean, I've been to, and I always say this because I'm very into therapy. I believe so much in it. And like, I really feel like the right therapist could change your life, you know? Um, but the wrong therapist and I've, and I've gone through like, you know, whenever I've been in therapy, I've had to go through, go through like five before I find the right one. And the five that I go yeah. through are like fucking wackadoodle, like the, the most psychotic people I've ever met, you know? And you're like, they're not even like slightly bad. They're like horrendous. I'm like, I should be talking yeah. to you and helping you like get out of fetus position. You're just like a fucking mess, yeah. you know? And so I think unfortunately in that profession, when you get, you know, you didn't get some good life coaches there, you know, you get like bottom of the barrel and actually dangerous because like, look, you kind of went to them for some help. And if anything, they just like added something baggage, especially if your girl was very, I mean, you said you were more of like a, a free thinker and, you know, you have a mind of your own, but if somebody like her, who's more open and is going to take that in, you know, that she could take that in and then put that on herself. And then it's just more baggage for her. You know I mean? It's, it's dangerous. Yeah. And that's, that's basically what happened. Mm -hmm. So like after working with them and, um, and then they kind of got in their head that it's all dark and they got in their head that I'm dark, that I'm all anger issues, a whole bunch of different things. It's a real, real like game, real culty kind of shit. And um, so by the end of the whole, then towards the end of the relationship, she was sort of, we had a few, you know, we tried a few more different things. And I think she just got to the point where she's probably feeling her own insecurity around it, her own like, probably her own resistance. And it's it's so interesting though, because sometimes like I could, I she had, she had some wild fantasies. Like we'd have sex sometimes and she would want to be, you know, she'd want to meet a, um, talk to her like she's like a little bu a bunny rabbit or a deer. She had this thing with being an animal and being taken by a much bigger, more power, like being like a little bunny rabbit that's been being like raped by a, a bear or something like that. Oh, interesting. Um, she was like very, could be very submissive, had these fantasies and like she, she wouldn't, you know, just openly talk about them, but like I could sort of feel for them and then, and then use them. So she had that in her, that side to her. Um, and, and it was probably starting to come out. Um, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, then we met these people and then because there's a little bit of that shame still there that, you know, some of us carry, it's like then they can use that to manipulate. And so it all kind of um, it all kind of got a bit fucked. Yeah. And listen, we're, we don't have her on the f call. And maybe if I was talking to her, like maybe for her, that kind of stuff was dark. I think, you know, darkness for different people is different things. You know, if uh, somebody. Yeah. Right. I mean, if somebody was super abused or raped or something like bringing that kind of stuff up, if it's not resolved or not in touch with it, it's, you know, it can that can be very dark for her. And maybe that's what those people were picking up. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it is for you. You know, I feel oh, yeah. like everybody's yeah. different. So, you know, maybe her little bunny fantasies were really about something that happened to her when she was younger. And, you know, that was, a, you know, stuff that was unresolved and maybe not great for her to be going towards. And maybe, you know, she should have been working against them. I don't know. Like I said, that's, you know, you're, you could have very different stories, you know, and that's why it didn't work out. But yeah. for you, you, so you, I'm assuming you're, you're, you're not with her now. You said you were single. So like no, you brought up the fact yeah. like, Oh, we didn't go to munches and everything. Now I know what munches are because I've been doing my show. You know, munches are like things that you go to and meet up with people that are in the BDSM community they're kind of like a convention center like people meet up at like a convention center right in like a hotel and talk with each other yeah. i mean I, i'm assuming maybe because you know what these are that afterwards you got more into the bdsm world and went to things like that and met more people did you ever do that no i like oh, okay. i want to oh um, okay but i mean i never really because i was in thailand for a while and now i'm in uh, another country where it's just not um it's just, it's just not really available. Um, mm -hmm. Do you travel for business? Do you live in all these places because you travel for business? 
Uh, I have my own business that I run on, like online, so I just sort of live wherever I want to live. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah. Lived in, lived in Thailand for six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll just travel through. But yeah, it's just sort of living wherever I want to live. Yeah, that's know? great. I just My work just goes with me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I haven't been to any munches. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know about them because I'm on Fat Life and I've you know met people on Fat Life. I've heard about munches. I've you know read different books about the BDSM world. So like I probably have like a not a complete beginner, but I've got some some understanding of how it all works. I just haven't you know gotten too involved yet. Yeah, it always blows my mind about BDSM and what I think would surprise most people if they really if they listen to like any kind of episodes I have if if they're not in that world is that like how much more there is to it than sex you know I mean sex is a, a small part of it but there's so much more you know like you said the mental manipulation there's writings there's essays I mean I think I was like slightly disappointed when I had my first master on you know he was like a guy I had on very early on in my intro when I say like my only good advice is to rehide your whips and chains it was that guy he was this guy that came on master white knight I think was his name in the beginning he called a couple times this is when 50 shades of gray was like the hottest thing that was around yeah. you know so I thought oh I'm gonna have this BDSM master on to talk all about that and I was like ah, you know he's talking about essay writings and all these things and I was like oh my god and that's when I really started to understand that it's just there's so much to it it's not just like I said about the sex you know um, there's so much more going on before you get to that place and I think most people don't know that yeah I mean that's what it's like like I just learned over time is it like it's a it's very much a psychological thing yeah as it is a maybe even more so than the physical like totally mm-hmm. you think about pegging or strap-ons or things like that like it's it's like for, you know to be a man that's being penetrated it's just a very like it's like, it's like your your brain is like what the fuck like it's just such a <laughs> flip to the traditional script and so it's very much it's not it's so much more than just the sensations that are yeah generated in the butt but the what it represents um that's what's so interesting yeah no that's what i was really like i said i was slightly you know disappointed because i thought i was getting like a a 50 shades of Uh gray because you know i don't know i don't know i never read those books or saw the movie but i assume it was all about sex but maybe not maybe in that movie it was about that too but um you know the real deal is like you said it's almost more so about you know the psychological psychological angle of things and then the sex comes way later you know um so you still haven't done that i mean currently you're single do you still do a lot of butt play are you into still pegging do you still see doms where are you living now do is is that like can you get you know lady boys where you are living now uh not no not as easily as thailand mm-hmm. um, there's not i'm sort of in a bit of a rural area like far away from it sort of you know more than an hour away from the nearest city so it's not really ideal for doing you know meeting people like in the scene yeah um so like there's doms i don't even know in the nearest like sort of main city in my uh, it's not really there like if i got on a plane and flew an hour or two like i could get somewhere yeah but it's, you know i might do that one day but um so it's not really a thing. I mean, on my, I do a lot of, uh, it sort of comes in waves. Mm-hmm. But the last last few weeks, I have been doing a bunch of my own. That's what led me to your podcast because, oh, let's learn more about this. Yeah. Um, so I've got, you know, clothes. I've got toys. I think I've got like a, at the moment, got a butt plug um, and a, an Enjoy wand, I think they're called. What's Enjoy uh, like wand? It's an Enjoy, well, so the butt plug and the wand, I, both from uh, Enjoy and the letter N, Joy. Mm-hmm. is the brand and the wand is it's just a really good um way to hit the prostate because it's a bit hard with your fingers uh it's kind of hard with a dildo as well like this wand is just like made for hitting the prostate it actually works very well with um women in their g-spots as as well oh that's good so to it's know. like a stainless yeah stainless steel thing uh with two you know ball on each end and you know one one end's a big ball the other end's a little ball just a yeah i'm still getting the hang of it like i said i haven't had uh, a prostate orgasm yet um, there's so much stuff online of people talking about like techniques and how to get in the right headspace and so i got those two toys i did recently buy a um a pink dildo uh, which is actually probably the best dildo i've ever had 
just so smooth and um, flies <laughs> not in because it's pink, easily. just because it's smooth, right? Uh huh. But why pink? It just, <laughs> just it was only it only came in pink, or did you purposefully get pink? So specific. Uh, I think I have this thing with pink. I mean, we haven't talked about clothing today, but like, yeah, that's part. That's a big part of it for me. And it's like pink is just the most about. You can't get more feminine than pink. Right, um, because you do have, so you did cross-dress a little bit too. You do do that as well. I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so then the pink, having a pink dildo, just re it all plays into that idea, right? It's like it, it's reinforcing that whole feminine frame. Right, when you're in that feminine state of mind. Exactly, yeah. Right. Now, because, you know, listen, I feel like, you know, I, I, I've talked to almost 500, well, probably more than 500 people at this point, And, you know, I've heard all kinds of stories. And a lot of times guys who cross-dress, who, you know, meet with lady boys or, you know, shoving things in their ass, you know, <laughs> sometimes there's confliction there, you know, like, am I gay? Do I like guys? Who? What am I? What's my label? I mean, how do you feel about what you're into and who you are? That's a great question. Um, I think uh, before a few years ago, it was a bit more like, what's, what's going on? Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think I was ever that, um, what I was never super worried about it. I was probably more curious, like, what's going on? Like, what is this? Like, what? Yeah. Didn't it did, wasn't like overwhelming or I wasn't doing my head in about it. It was more like, oh, this is just bizarre. Like, where is this coming from? I mean, even now, you know, I've been this week, I've been chatting to different uh, women online um, through, I've met them through like, fem, you know, uh, femdom communities and stuff like that. And like, sometimes like when we're playing, I cannot believe like how turned on I get, like it, it blows my mind. Uh, as much as I like know it turns me on, even uh, even that, it's like, how is this? Like, it doesn't, I don't even have to touch myself sometimes. If it's just, they just say the right thing or it's the right kind of fantasy, the right elements are there. It's it's, it's like rocket fuel for the body. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think just having done it enough now, and like we talked about, like, if, you know, there's been MDMA, there's been a whole bunch of other psychedelics that I've worked with. I've done a lot of um, somatic. You go, so somatic really just means the body. And so there's yeah. a whole... There's a whole thing with most of uh, the modern mental approach to mental health is to go through the mind, to think about things, to analyze things, to talk about things, to journal about it, whatever. Uh, and there's this, uh, I'd say, I say new, it's not really that new. It's just new in the sense that the mainstream hasn't really caught on yet. Yeah. But instead of going through the mind, we go through the body. So we start to, you know, learning how to feel instead of thinking, why am I into this kinky? Why am I so kinky? Yeah. Going, well, how does it feel? Why don't we just do it? And how does my body feel? And if I can sort of liberate or shift or move or release the blockage or the, the part of my body that feels like ashamed about the whole thing, the story in my head or the worry about, oh my God, I really shouldn't do this, tends to just go away. Mm -hmm. And so I've done a lot of this kind of work, working with my body, working through different emotions. I mean, I've done that. I've done all the traditional stuff too, meditation and therapy. And that stuff yeah. just doesn't work as well in my experience. And this is not even, I'm not doing it because I've got, I want to like not be ashamed sexually. It's just, I just, I, I love it. Like it's given me more fulfillment and happiness and purpose. And I could go on and on about it than anything um, I've ever done, which is the combination of that, the somatic stuff plus psychedelics. Um, and so probably just in that process there, it's like, I don't, I'm not really that worried about all the, um, the kink and the BDSM. It's like, I know what I like. Yeah. There's probably things I will like if I try them that I haven't tried yet, you know, like, and uh, even with labels, like, I mean, my dad was, um, dad is, is gay. Uh -huh. And I knew that from when I was probably seven or eight or nine or 10. So I kind of grew up, um, you know, sort of so around him knowing that. And also like we'd meet um, growing, up, I would meet his friends or I guess partners. I didn't know it at the time, but gay, you know, gay guys. So I grew up being around that, the, like that kind of scene, um, probably got used to it. Yeah. And so now like the fact that I'm into this, like, I'm like, I know I'm not gay. At least not right now. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even look to like the labels, like, because like, labels are just more words. It's like yeah. life is this thing where you try and fit it into a box with a label. Like it doesn't, 
especially with sexuality, it just doesn't seem to work very well. Like, I don't know what I am, but I don't think it, I don't think it matters. I <laughs> yeah, just think it, I think that's why know? there's so many labels now because it, it, and I always say like, I think I totally finally get the label thing because it really helps people be like, oh, okay, maybe I do belong because there's like 50 different labels now and something for everybody because, yeah. you know, before there used to be n- not a lot, you know, maybe there was like three different things you could be. And if you didn't fall into those categories, you were like, where's my tribe? Like, who am am I and where do I fit in and I feel like you know uh so I do think they help in that sense but listen it's you know if you're like you said a free-thinking person that doesn't need that it doesn't it's that's great you know yeah I mean it's probably more like like there's practical considerations right where I think about if I was going to meet a woman Mm -hmm. um you know if if this woman like you know to be in a serious relationship with if she wasn't open to exploring domination well the whole bsm bdsm then i think that would create problems in the relationship so like i have clarity in the sense of like i know what i'm into yeah i've been into it for long enough too like i've had rounds where i've thrown things out and then gone. oh no we'll never do that again and then three months later i'm doing it again so like i don't think it's going anywhere unless there's some you know like from what i've read online it doesn't tend to disappear it may ebb and flow right so it's like well it's there um if i have a relationship with a woman like i'm gonna it's i'm gonna have to tell her at some point because she'll She'll find out one way or another, and it's right. probably better to tell her. So I know those kinds of things, but yeah, I don't feel that worried about it. If I learn in the future that all oh, this is all caused by trauma and something happened in my child, if, if that comes up, I've already gone. Well, it's okay. Like you know, it's it's even like making. I don't even look at it as a mistake, but it's like if I find out one day that it's this wasn't healthy or whatever, it's like well, cool. I learned. You know, and now I change and I don't have to do it again. Like if that happens, that's cool too. Right. And maybe that was your path to getting there, you know, and that's where you needed to go. So, you know, I mean, some, listen, the only way out of something is through it. So even, you know, and sometimes going yeah. through something is you got to go to the darkness to get to the other side. So whatever, yeah. you know. But when you would say, like, when you're like, oh, I, there were times where I threw it out and then I got it back. And, you know, like, why would you throw it out, though? If there is no confliction and you're to- and you're totally fine with it, I mean, what makes you throw all your stuff out? Well, I think the reason I think the I can remember one time I think that I threw a bunch of stuff out, which was with when we were working with those coaches in Thailand, and right. they were like, "Oh, it's all dark and blah blah blah," and I was like, "Well, I really want you know I want to work in this relationship, yeah." So like, I'll throw it out. It's almost like a way for me to say like I'm committed to, like I'll do it. So I did it then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was I mean that was oh, three years ago. Oh, okay. So you haven't since then. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I've I've moved countries a few times. Right. And so I've left stuff behind because yeah. it just wasn't practical to take it with me. Uh, so I've got different bits and pieces sort of all over the place. Um, but I don't think I've like I like I don't purge because I've read enough stories online where guys like they get all ashamed and they purge all their stuff. And then within a few weeks, months, whatever, they're buying it all back again. I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah, just, yeah. I'm not going to do that. So I did it once. I'm not going to do it again. So I've got stuff in storage, which, you know, where I am right now. So there's been a bunch of times I'm like, fuck, I wish I brought more of that stuff. Yeah. There's some good stuff back there. You know. So. Yeah. Or the, when you throw it out, like if you, you know, the, I wish I didn't throw it out really quick. Cause it, oh. do you only have five more minutes? Or you only have six more minutes. I don't know. But um, what about yeah. the, so when you're talking about like the somatic healing where you're just really going through your body as opposed to going back in time or talk therapy or something, is that something that you do with somebody else and they talk you through it? Or is it something that you learn how to do it and do it by yourself? I mean, how is, what's the process like? Well, uh, you can do it one-on-one, like with a, I mean, you can do it one-on-one, you can do it in a group, you can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about finding the right teacher. And I was lucky enough to find a woman who, um, a few years ago, she had a course where she teaches you how to do it for yourself. And it actually works really well to do that. And then to go, if, if someone needs you, if they've got something really big that's come up from the past, like a memory, like in a, a memory of say being raped or something along those lines, they could go and work with someone one-on-one. Oh, okay. So this teacher that you found has has ha, has those people in her back pocket to give you in case you encounter that. And who is that teacher? Do you know the name that you could give it out in case any someone's yeah, interested yeah, in learning Yeah, her more? name's uh, yeah, Irene Lyon. Irene Lyon, L I O N. 
Correct. Yeah. Okay. I'll put her name in the description so people can say, because I think it's interesting. You know, I know, like I said, when you had sent me the email, I found that stuff. Like I, I thought, oh, this is like interesting, you know? So Irene Lyon yeah. is somebody that you, people could go and find. I'm assuming you found her. So she's findable, right? I mean, was she someone you found online easily? Cause she's like top in the field or well-known. Yeah, she. I mean, she's she's got great marketing. So she's all over YouTube. Okay, she's cool. on Twitter. Oh, cool. She's on Instagram. Mm -hmm. She's got a website. She's got a couple of courses and free, you know, a bunch of free stuff. Like she's really easy to find. Lots of like lots and lots of content there for people who want to dive in, free and paid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she, her whole thing is like teaching. I think before her, like I don't know how many other people are out there teaching these skills to just the average person. It's more about teaching therapists and coaches to do this work with someone. Yeah. But she's really teaching it in a way that allows you to do it, learn how to do it for yourself. And That's if great. you really need to, you mm -hmm. can then hook up with like a therapist and, and you know, work more closely with them. I've done both and they both have their pros and cons. Right. Because like you said, this can bring up quicker than, you know, talk therapy, uh, stuff that maybe was you know, pushed down or repressed, for example, like what, it, what do you do to get in touch with a part of yourself that needs to be released? Like, part, I mean, big part of it is you can't, you, I mean, you can't just go, well, I've got this issue from memory from however old, let's just go focus on that specifically. Like, I mean, that, that, that can be one way to approach it, but yeah, a big part of this is is the, it's all sort of resting on the science of the nervous system, which is most people are familiar with fight and flight. There's another mm -hmm. one called freeze. Yeah. The idea is that we go through life, there's a threat of some kind, right? It can mm -hmm. be a tiger. It could be a parent um, who's screaming at you or who just isn't basically paying any attention to you, which is perceived as a threat to the child because that means the child might not get to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, So the way the nervous system works is there'll be a threat that appears and then the nervous system then mounts a response. It wants to go into either fight or flight. So it's either going to fight the threat off mm -hmm. so it can get back to, so it can feel safe again, or mm -hmm. it's going to run away from the threat so it can feel safe again. To do, to execute that response generates energy, right? So the fight response would be anger, that feeling of yeah. it's, a, it's a form of energy. Or fear would you know, is what's going to motivate the fight response to get someone to run away. But what often happens, so this is going on our, our whole life. It even goes on in the womb. If the mother's stressed, yeah. the baby's nervous system, the in her belly's, going to want to run away or fight back but it can't do it because it's inside mom's belly mm -hmm. so it then freezes which means that energy that was trying to motivate the running away or the fighting back gets stuck it yeah. gets stuck in the baby's body in the nervous system and so this just builds up over time so you think about most families especially in western society there's there's just constant stress at the very least a low level stress with some high you know some big events if you look into abuse things there's a lot of stuff that you look some crazy statistics out there but anyway yeah so this happens again and again and again as we grow up mm -hmm. it, it builds up and builds up and builds up in the system so usually we might have a hundred percent capacity right so it's yeah. like we have a fuel tank of our energy i'm going quickly because no i know i, know, much time. I know yeah but there's a let's say we've got a hundred percent of our energy We've never had a, a stress response that didn't complete. Because yeah. part of this is like, if we wanted to run away, but we and we were able to run away, it's like the body de generates that energy, and then we discharge the energy, and the body returns to equilibrium. But the problem is, what's happening for most of people as we go through our life is that energy um, gets blocked. We're not running away. We're not fighting back. We're not fighting back our parents when they get upset with us. So we're not running away because we can't leave the house with our parents. Yeah, it's not safe. Yeah, and so this energy gets stuck, stays in the body, builds up over the years. And then we're 30, 40, 50, 20, however old, and things happen that trigger some of that energy. And then we, because we don't know what's going on, we just know that we feel bad. Mm -hmm. We don't always have a story or a memory that goes with it. We then find stuff to, to, call, to soothe the system. We have a coping mechanism. So drinking, porn, shopping, and it could be anything yeah. working, which makes us feel better, mm -hmm. but isn't actually, it's not allowing that, that, that stored uh, fight response or flight response to, ex to discharge from the system. Right. All it's doing is we're just numbing it. So it's like we're taking a painkiller. Uh, yes. Even like meditation or even people talk about like doing gratitude or some, so grateful for this and that. These, these tools are useful, yeah. but the, unless they deal with the root issue, which is the stored survival stress that's in yes. the body, it's not actually going to solve the issue. So the whole somatic approach is yeah. to bring it back to that, is instead of talking about stuff or instead of trying to change your thoughts like they're doing um, cognitive behavioral therapy and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. it's like how do, we, how do we get the nervous system to start to let some of these things out? And right. really what that comes down to is you can't, it generally doesn't work like, oh, I'm just going to let it out. It's all about, they talk about capacity. So a lot of us, we don't have much capacity because we're so disconnected from this stuff. Um, so it's learning to feel the ground, learning what safety looks like because the safer we feel, 
uh, and not safety is in a concept of safety, but how do we know that we're safe in the environment that we're in right now? If we look around, is it safe? How do we know that it's safe? Can we feel the grounds? Can we feel the ground while we're having an intense emotional experience? So it's like learning to, or if we're feeling really angry, how do we embody that anger? Not just say I'm angry, but what does it look like to actually express anger, which they teach you in the somatic stuff for animals, they'll snarl, they'll like raise their upper lip, yeah. they, their eyes will focus on the threat, they start to growl, they might you know, like get their claws out. And so we can actually use these things as tools to embody that energy, which then allows it to leave the system. And then we start to come back down to equilibrium. And then all those negative thoughts that we keep getting stuck in, start to dissolve because a lot of that stuff is coming from the energy that we're storing in our bodies. Right. Interesting. Anyway, mm -hmm. that's a little crash course. No, I love it. I love it. I know I could have talked to you for another half hour, but I know you have to go. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. There was a little bit of a lot of stuff in uh, your story and it's fascinating yeah. to me. And uh, I'm going to put all the, I'm going to put it, enjoy the teacher you talked about a lot of interesting things in the description if people want to go find it but thanks so much for calling Fantastic. in frank and sharing your story it was great yeah no worries at all kathy thank you for having me thank you hey everyone thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode if you want to follow the show follow me at strict anonymous on instagram or twitter that's at strict anonymous if you are on youtube make sure to subscribe i love youtube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you wanna talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you wanna sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous.